Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Well, really, really excited for today. Um, it's going to be a special day. Everybody say it's going, to be, it's going to be good. Go ahead and say it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But uh, really just pumped that uh, who we have speaking to us this morning and preaching. But I, I would just want to share a little bit about what this precious family is up to. Um, Pastor Marcos and his wife Miriam have been doing these prayer events around the United States, over 60 cities. And uh, how, how, how many is this? How many was this? was the 18th one. And it's a day and a half of ministry and worship and praying. There's seven pillars that they're praying for, and they're, they're doing this in the Spanish community. It's been in, incredibly powerful. And we were able to host them over the last couple of days. It's been amazing. And so we're really grateful for that. But come on, how many know this? We need to be praying for our nation, right? Amen. But just really excited for them to be here with us and their son Carlos as well. But, you know, I've always known Marcos or known of him. Um, he's a, he's, God has really used him to touch a lot of people's lives. But, and he's known for a lot of things, and I want to share that with you just in just a sec. But for Cheryl and I, the biggest thing that, that he, I, that he's known for in our household is that his mother taught our missions class and such a beautiful testimony of how God took her faithfulness and God's call and, he's, he, and God used it to deposit something in her children's life. But she was, Nola was our, our, our missions teacher and so she taught us, she put in us a, a hunger for missions and I'm really grateful for that. But he was also a dear friend to Dave Bell who was one of my mentors and the one who kind of called me into, into worship and, and into ministry. He believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And, uh, and he called me out and he, he just, he kept infusing life into me. And so Marcos, Pastor Marcos was around a lot because he was friends with Dave. But I, I, Marcos was born in San Antonio, Texas, grew up in Durango, Mexico. He's is the son of uh, missionaries. He was introduced at an early age to the call of God regarding worship and music. And he began to work in music as a worship leader and his parents, with his parents' churches, and quickly realized there was a need for music that was engaging to young people while continuing to be expressing their faith in God. Marcos began writing and producing Christian music in 1984, quickly became a spearhead in opening up an entire new style of music that began to spread all across Latin America. As one of Latin America's Christ Christianity's most influential musicians, he's well known for a firm conviction that God also sings in Spanish. Amen? That's right. Come on. Somebody say glory adios. Come on. That's good. Oh, look at you guys. You're so great. So he's recorded 32 albums, sold tens of millions of copies world, worldwide. He's been awarded five Latin Grammys, two Billboard Awards, as well as received many other nominations and awards. And his live performances draw large crowds. But if you were to show up at one, you wouldn't understand. But what, one thing you would understand is that this man loves to worship Jesus. This man loves the power that comes and flows as we engage with the living God. And he's a pastor and he's a teacher and he's, he's a dear gift to the body of Christ. And we are very, very honored to have him here with us this morning. So come on, Faith. Can we welcome Pastor Marcos as he comes to the stage? 
Gracias. Oh, buenos días. So I am going to try to speak a little bit of English with you today. Now I'm just messing with you. I, <laughs> I did that one time. This lady down in the front went, oh no, <laughs> literally. Hey, what happened to Denver that they didn't give you guys enough oxygen up here? What's going on with that? I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for your friendship. Your pastors are great people. So uh, today, what I want to do is talk to you about why do we worship? Why do we worship? Why, why is it that we, we just got through spending a great uh, amount of time singing, lifting our hands, saying things? Why do we do this? Is this because it's just part of our Sunday program? It's just something we do to fill a program? Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Is it because it's part of our Christian liturgy? This is just, you know, we have to keep on the tradition of our Christian liturgy. Is that the reason? No. Maybe, maybe it's just to make a little bit more time for all those people who always come in late. You know who you are. Would that be a reason? Mm, no. You know, when I was 17 years old, I read this scripture, John chapter 4, verse 23, and it says that the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. And, and I, I remember thinking, you know, how sad is it or how tragic is it that God would have to go around looking for worshipers. I wonder if he'd find any worshipers over here in this section. Yes, eh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he'd look over here and find a few worshipers over here in this section. Did y'all hear that? You guys, I don't even have to ask the question. <laughs> all right, all right, let's give these guys a chance, right? I mean, let's be honest, I snuck up on them. All right, guys, here's your chance. I wonder if God would find any worshipers up over in here in this section. All right, awesome. To my mind, there should be more than enough worshipers. God's been good to us. So, why do we worship? Did you know that the Bible speaks more about worship than almost any other subject? It's the second most talked about subject in the entire Bible. So today, I'm only going to give you three reasons why we worship. I could give you a whole lot more, but we're going to stick to three. Because in about 30 minutes, I'm going to get hungry and got to feed this temple of the Holy Spirit. 
So just three. I'm going to want to write you. I'm going to ask you to write them down because tomorrow you're going to think, oh, what, was, what were those three? And you'll have them written down. Are you ready for this? Well, this is going to help you this morning. Reason number one, just write the word thankfulness. Thankfulness. Okay, now I'm going to explain. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 100, verse 4, enter his gate with thanksgiving. All right. So to be able to get into the presence of God, you have to start off with thankfulness. Only a thankful heart will end up in God's presence. Look at this next scripture, Psalms 118, verse 19, 20. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter. And I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord and the godly enter there. How many of you would like to go into the presence of the Lord? I would imagine that that's why you're out here on a Sunday morning instead of doing something else. You're here seeking God. Congratulations. Big hand clap to you. The only way we can get into the presence of the Lord is through the gates. Say it out loud with me. Of thanks. Say gates of thanksgiving. You see, gripers and complainers never end up in the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine getting into heaven and there's a griper up ah, these streets of gold? They never sweep them, just gold dust everywhere. Sup with that. Or, or coming back from the marriage supper of the land, of the lamb, and they. They, they ran out of tamales. <laughs> no. Anyone who gets into the presence of God is someone who's very thankful for how good he's been to him or her. God has been good. I'm looking around here. Some very blessed people in this room this morning. God's been good to you. God's been good to you. I don't see anybody in here who's dying of hunger. In fact, there's two or three of us could probably do a little prayer and fasting. God's been good to you. So here's what happens. Generally, humankind tends to leak thankfulness. Thankfulness kind of just seeps out of us and we kind of, you know, get in that mode of, you know, things happen in life. The table took too long to get to at the restaurant. There went a little bit of thankfulness. It, uh, I, thankfulness can leave just by like, well, I came this morning to hear Pastor Jason. Who's this guy they got up there? There went a little bit of thankfulness. I, I know people who get saved in, in church and lose their salvation out in the parking lot to leave because the, tra <laughs> the traffic jam. There went a little bit of thankfulness. The, the other day I'm on the freeway. You can lose a lot of thankfulness on the freeway. 
I was on the freeway and I, I, I heard the person behind me, they start you know, honking their, their horn and I'm like, what did I do? I was just minding my own business, listening to great Christian music on my, on my player and, 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 and all of a sudden they're honking. Well, I thought maybe they recognized me because I am, you know, Marcos Witt. I thought, well, maybe they recognize me. This is a highly Hispanic city. And then they, they quickly ran around my, they passed me on the right hand side and they waved at me, but with only one finger. And I'm like, no, they didn't recognize me. And a little bit of thankfulness can leak. So this is what happens when you worship God, it comes out of your spirit. You see right around in here is where we have our spirit. That's why some of us are more spiritual <laughs> than others. Say amen, bro. Say amen right down here on the front row. It comes out of our spirit. Watch what's going to happen. This is why we worship. One of the reasons. It comes out of our spirit, out of our mouth, into the atmosphere. God, I thank you. You've been so good to me. We sang it this morning. God, you're so good. It comes out into the atmosphere. Now watch what happens. Comes back around through your ears, comes back down, lands back in your spirit, and you go, right, he is good. God is a good God. That's why we sing. That's why we worship, to remind ourselves just how good and how great God is to us. Somebody give him a shout. Now, so let's put it in practice. You ready? So your pastor talked about my mom. My mom was a general in the army of the Lord. <laughs> Which meant all of us children were soldiers. And in my house, if you wanted to eat, you had to play the piano. Well, as you can see, I enjoy eating a whole lot, which is why I play the piano so good. I'm going to sing a little song I wrote years ago. La cucaracha. No, I didn't write that song. That was somebody else. Give me a minute. <laughs> so why are we thankful? God's been good. We just got there singing. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good, he's so good to me. 
you see that goes out there in the atmosphere mm, comes back through your ears hits you back in your spirit and you remind yourself you know God is good and it adjusts your thanksgiving that's one of the reasons why we worship come on if you're going to clap do it right thinking about my mother this morning because well you opened it up this is one of her favorite songs give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the Holy One give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Denver, give him thanks in Jesus' name. Now give Jesus a thanksgiving clap. Come on. That's one of the reasons we worship, to keep our thanksgiving in check and full. Ready? I said how to give you how many? What's the first one? Number two, write this word down, perspective. Mm. Man, I'll tell you what, folks. If, if I could just, if you could get this one, man, your life is about to change. Watch what happens. Humankind tends to make our problems bigger than they really are, right? One thing I know about every one of us in this room, every single one of us are dealing with some kind of a challenge. Some people may be dealing with a physical challenge. Some people might be dealing with a family challenge. Somebody might be here that's dealing with a financial challenge. Somebody might be here with a suegra challenge. Wow, that landed nowhere because there's so few Hispanics in the room here today. So suegra, that's the Spanish word for <coughs> mother-in-law. And <laughs> I don't know why they pick on mothers-in-laws. My wife is a great mother-in-law. I have a fantastic mother-in-law. It helps that she lives about 4,000 miles up away, you know. But I don't know what your challenge is. Some of you are dealing with a, with a, with a car challenge. Some of you are dealing with, with, I don't know what your challenge is, but what I do know is that we all have challenges. 
I'll never forget somebody. So, Pastor Marcos, do you have challenges? Well, of course we do. I, I don't know who it was that tried to sell this idea that just because we preach and teach the Word of God that we don't go through stuff ourselves. I mean, we get colds, we get coughs, we get diarrhea. We get, who diarrhea is going to talk about diarrhea in church? Well, we all had it at one time or another. Statistics are truth. Somebody's got it right now. Thank you for not shouting an amen wherever you are. Thank you. But what I do know is that since we focus in on our problems, they become bigger than they really are. Now, how many of you know that God is bigger than any problem that we could ever have? Can I have an amen right there? God is bigger than cancer. He's bigger than any disease. He's bigger than any coronavirus. He's bigger than anything you might be facing. God is great. And worship helps me keep that in perspective. Say the word with me. Perspective. When I worship God, how great is our God? You go, ooh, that comes out of my mouth into the atmosphere comes back into my ears, hits me again in my spirit, and I have to say it again. How great! And all will see how great, how great is our God, right? And you remind yourself, oh yeah, he is bigger than my suegra. He is, he is bigger than my car problem. God is greater than anything that I might be facing this morning. That's one of the reasons we worship. I'm gonna illustrate it to you like this. This is gonna help you. So I have a little bottle cap here in my hand. It's not that big when you look around, see everything around you. But you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you bring it in, like we tend to do, we worry about it. We talk it over. I'm telling you right now, folks, in the United States, We've mastered the art of talking over a problem. 24 hours a day, and we bring it in, and before you know it, that's all you're looking at. You bring it in so close that it gets huge, and now it's blocking your vision. That's bigger than it should be. Can somebody say amen to that? You see, now, now, now your vision is askew. Now, now you're going to start making unfocused decisions because you don't have the clear picture. Now, problems are like relatives. They always come in pairs. <laughs> Unless you're Hispanic, they come in suburban load fools. And now you've got this one. Here comes another one. And now let's talk this one to death. Let's analyze this one. We already got this one going on. Now let's bring this one in. Look at what happens when people only look at their problems. <laughs> this is what happens. Now, it's at this stage in life that people say crazy things like this. Where's God? I don't see God. Well, of course you don't see him. All you're looking at is your problems. It's at this stage in life that people make crazy decisions that make them 
fall over the ledge. They trip up because they're looking at their problems instead of looking at their almighty, powerful God. I need an amen right there. Y'all still in here? I got to get these problems out of my way. So when you sing, how great, help me out with this one, is our God, watch what happens. Whoop, all of a sudden, your problems take on the dimension that they should take on. How great is our God? Whoop, now your problems aren't nearly as big as God is when you focus in on the fact that God is greater than any problem you could ever have. And that, my friend, is why we worship. Lift a hand to the sky. Say it out loud. God, you are greater than any problem that I may have. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great, I can't hear you, Denver. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great, how great thou art. myself. Get a big breath. Come on. It's a big finish. How great thou art. Uh, that's for Jesus. You better do better than that. Come on. All right. How much more time do I have left? Three hours. I hope you enjoy being in here by yourself, Marcia. I don't know. All of you want to stick around for three hours, the lady here, she's going to be leading worship or something for three hours. I don't know what she's going to do. All right, what was number one? Number two? All right, here you go. Buckle your seatbelts. It's about to get even better. Number three, write this word down, warfare. Mm. Somebody need God to go to war for you. Somebody needs to stop fighting their own battles and letting God fight for them. 
You see, the Bible teaches that when you worship, God goes to war for you. You see, the Bible calls him the Lord of hosts. We read it this morning. I love that translation, the New Living Translation. That God of heaven's armies. Say armies plural with me. Make sure you put the S on the end. Armies. He doesn't have one army. He has many armies. He has an army to fight for you. He has an army to fight for your family. He has an army to fight for your marriage. He has an army to fight for your children. He has an army to fight for your resources. He has an army to fight for your city. He has an army to fight for your church. He has an army to fight for your state. He's got an army to fight for our country. God has armies ready to go to battle if you'll just release them into battle. God's wanting to fight for you. You know what? The problem is we're all fighters. What are you doing? Well, I'm fighting the devil. Why are you fighting the devil? Just lift Jesus up. He'll fight the devil for you. He can fight him a whole lot better than you ever can. You see, Psalms, I love Psalm 68. Psalms 68, verse 1 says, Let God arise, and his enemies will be scattered. Put a little perspective on that. Let God arise, comma, and his enemies will be scattered. We put so much emphasis on my enemies. I got enemies. I got to do, no. Let God arise. They're not your enemies. They're his enemies. So if you lift him up, he'll take care of his enemies. Sickness, that's not your enemy. That's his enemy. Fear, that's not your enemy. That's God's enemy. Depression, anxiety, those aren't your enemies. Those are God's enemies. If you lift God up, He'll take care of the enemies and they'll flee from before him. Oh, you got to just lift your hands. Lift a song. Let something out of your mouth that goes into the atmosphere. You see, the devil can't read your thoughts. He's not omniscient. He only knows what you say and he only knows what you do. That's why say and do well. Say it out loud. Let it go out into the atmosphere. It comes back into your ears, down into your spirit, and you remind yourself God wants to fight for me. I'm going to stand here and quietly lift his name on high and he's going to take care of my enemies. I don't have to take care of my fear. I don't have to take care of my sickness. He'll take care of it for me if I'll just stay here and worship him. I I don't have time to go into it. There's so many occasions in the Bible where God fought for his people while they sang a song. (laughs) He just Sat on, one time they sat on the side of a mountain. They had 300 trumpets. They played trumpets. And, and, and God said, God said y'all, y'all play trumpets and, and you worship. They're sitting off on the side over there. And it says God confused the enemy and they killed each other off. What kind of a strategy? <laughs> it, it, it's just playing trumpets. I don't know. It's a God strategy. One time he said, put all the worshipers in the sinks up front and go around this, this city seven times. Don't, don't make a noise. When I tell you, y'all start playing a song. Start worshiping. And the walls will fall down all by themselves. See, you've been over there chinking away at the wall. I'm going to tear this ball down in Jesus' name. Stop doing that. Just worship God. You're getting all tired. You're getting all frustrated. 
Just worship God. He'll fight for you. You know why? It's real simple. Worship is an act of faith. And the Bible says, faith makes God happy. When he looks out there, he, he looked out there and he saw Sister Lupe. Oh, wait, this is a real non-Hispanic crowd. Hang on. He looked out there and he saw Beth. <laughs> That's a good one, right? And he saw what you're going through. He sees what you're going through. He knows the struggle you're having. And yet there you are with your hands lifted high. To God be the glory. And people don't even know what Beth is going through. People don't even know what it took for Beth to get here this morning. And she's back there demonstrating her faith to God. To God be the glory. Now watch this. Come to, come to the heaven throne room with me. God's seated on the throne. Gabriel, the archangel on the right, and, and Michael, the other archangel on the left, or, or the other way around. Some theologians are going to tell me which one stands on what side of the throne. But Gabriel is standing there, and Michael's standing there, and God looks down, and he sees Beth back there, singing all out of tune. Because it's not about the singing. I said, it's not about the singing, it's the heart. And she backed her, she to God, be the Lord. And that comes up before the ears of God and, and ears. And God looks over at Gabriel and says, hey, hey, Gabe, take a look over there. You see my daughter, that's Beth. You know what she's going through? And Gabe says, yes, I do. And God says, Gabe, I want you to send her a message. You see, Gabriel is the archangel of the, the messenger archangel of the Lord. So all of a sudden, without Beth even knowing what's going on, or not even knowing about that conversation in the heavenly throne room, all of a sudden, Beth just feels right down in her spirit. Mm, I'm going to be okay. Have you ever been in worship where all of a sudden you don't know why, but you just felt it right here? You said, I'm going to be okay. Maybe that happened to somebody this very morning. Maybe it's happening right this very minute. You know what that is? That's God sending you a message saying, you're going to be just fine. There went the message. Now watch this part, though, because Michael, he's the warrior archangel. Beth's back there, and so God turns around to Michael, and he says, Mikey, Come on, use your imagination, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the Bible would open up to you a whole lot more if you just imagined stuff. Mikey, I want you to grab a couple of armies. And you go out there and you fight for Beth. So the Lord sent the message. Now he's going to send the armies. You see, I believe with all my heart, I have the faith to believe this, that while you've been here this morning, God has sent armies to fight on your behalf. And when you get home this afternoon, the battle will have turned in your favor. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as if you could stand to something else. I've never understood why we say that, Jason. Stand to your feet. Well, like, stand to my, what, what else could I stand on? Somebody needed to hear this this morning. All right, hang on. Somebody needed to hear this this morning. Anybody over here needed to hear this? Anybody in here need to? 
Somebody over here needed to hear this this morning. Come on, lift your hands to the sky. Lift your hands to the sky. God's about to fight for somebody. I love that scripture. Be still. Everybody say, be still. Turn to your neighbor and just say, be still. <laughs> be still. That was one of the favorite things my mom used to tell me all the time every Sunday morning. I was a little kid. Be still. There's a different connotation to this scripture, though. Be still and know. Everybody say, know that I'm God. I'll be lifted up, he says. I will be lifted up. So just be still. Stop fighting. Stop striving. Stop struggling. Just be still. And know that God's going to fight for you. There's this little, little chorus that I heard a couple years ago. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Ooh. You let God fight for you. This is how I fight my battles. How do I fight my battles? By standing still and worshiping. This is how I fight my battles. All right, say it one more time. This is how I fight my battles. Mm. This is how I fight my battles. Oh. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Now the second part of this says it like this. It may look like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Say that out loud, Denver. It may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm, this is how I fight. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. Oh, it may look like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Oh, it may look like look like. This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight. This is how I fight. This is how I fight. God bless you guys. It's been great being here this morning. Come on. Hey, I'm going to play for you real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as, as a minister and as the busyness of ministry, um, there are times that we just need the strength, we need encouragement, and in ministry you get discouragement, but the body of Christ is called by God to encourage one another, amen? Amen? So if you can, stretch your hands towards Pastor Marcos. Father, we bless Pastor Marcos right now. We ask you that your hand of favor would be upon him. Lord, we as this house bless him. We bless him for his ministry. We bless him for what you are doing in his life and what he has allowed you to do in his life so that it would benefit us.
And so God, today, may you encourage him, may you strengthen him, may you touch him, mind, soul, and body. Strengthen him and marry him as they continue to be the tip of the spear. And God, I thank you for a new season that you're taking him in. I thank you for a, a new impact. God, I thank you for a, a, an increase of influence, which sounds kind of weird because he's all over the place. But Lord, we thank you that you're doing this. And so, Lord, we bless Pastor Marcos, we bless his family, and we bless their ministry today. In Jesus' name we all say, amen and amen. Bless you, man. God bless you. Thank you so much. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, church, it's been a great Sunday. Now, how many are really glad you came to church today, right? Come on, it's good. So listen, our heart for you is that we would be here to support you as a church, as a body of believers. If you have any prayer requests, we would be honored to pray with you and for you. If you can, just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you bless your family. I pray you bless this family, your people. Prosper them, lead them, guide them. God, may they walk in a new understanding of your call and your purpose. God, may they be like lights shining bright in a crooked and perverse generation. May they not be shooting stars, but guiding lights as they live their lives for your glory and for your purposes. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. God bless you.